Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Growing Pains podcast. I'm your host, Allison LaRue. So happy to be joined with you today. It's New Year's Eve, mother truckers. So, happy New Year's Eve. Woohoo! Um, I have a lot to talk about today. Some things that I want to cover. One, we're going to talk a little bit about New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve culture, um, things like that. Two, I really want to dive into um, my 2022 wrapped. I'm going to tell you some lessons I learned in 2022 that I truly feel like made me a better person. And hopefully you can take that with you into the new year and maybe learn these lessons a little bit easier than I did and learn them quicker than I did and not have to go through the through the route that I took of learning them the hard way. Um, So I'm going to tell you some of the lessons I've learned in 2022. Maybe you can take that with you, learn them quicker than me. Um, And then also I want to tell you sort of my intentions for 2023. Um, It might be a long episode, but let's get right into it. First and foremost, I want to say this. There is a lot of pressure to go out and get wasted on New Year's Eve, and if that's something you want to do, have the time of your life. Please be safe. Uber, do not drink and drive. Be safe. Have fun. But if that's not something you want to do, if you don't want to go out and get drunk, or if you don't want to go out and do whatever on New Year's Eve, you don't have to. This is your reminder. You don't have to. There's a lot of pressure from society and even like our friends and people around us that there's just so much pressure to drink on New Year's Eve and it can be really hard to shut off that voice that is telling us, oh, you're a buzzkill if you're not going out and drinking. Oh, this, that, the third. You don't have to go out and drink if you don't want to. Something I have been sort of working through myself lately is reminding myself of that is like, I don't have to drink. Um, drinking personally makes me really depressed. It is, first of all, we know alcohol is a depressant. It's not good for our mental health, um, but especially some people, like it really affects us in a negative way, me being one of those people. Um, alcohol is not good for me or me mental health. Um, it really does make me depressed, and that's partly why I was struggling so much with my mental health back in October because I was drinking so much. Um, it just became a very slippery slope for me. And it made me really depressed. And I have been sort of dreading New Year's Eve and even my birthday because I have a friend coming out um, to Florida from Pennsylvania for my birthday. And I was like, I know we're going to go out. And it's just like expected of you. It's your birthday. Get fucked up. But like, I don't want to. And I've just been dreading it and dreading it and dreading it. Like, oh, my God, I know I'm going to feel like shit for the week after that. And then it sort of hit me of like why am I doing this to myself? Why am I drinking if I don't want to? Why am I doing this if I know it doesn't make me feel good? Because I feel like I have to, because I feel like I have to do this to have fun. I don't. I don't have to drink, period, end of sentence. But I don't have to drink to have fun. I don't have to drink because it's what's what's expected of me. I don't have to drink. So I've sort of decided I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to be going out and drinking for New Year's Eve. I'm not going to be going out and getting fucked up for my birthday because I don't want to. You can still go to bars and not drink. I've been doing that the past several times. I sort of had a realization back in October of like, this isn't supportive for me and my mental health at all. And I'm not going to dig myself into a hole of doing something that is really messing with my mental health. So 
I would go out to bars and I would drive because I know myself and I'm not going to drink if I have to drive. That's just not something I would do. Um, and I'm not going to get drunk, especially if I have to drive. So I would go out and I would get a drink at the beginning of the night, maybe two, that would be it. And then I'd wait a couple of hours to drive home until I was obviously completely sober, um, even though one to two drinks isn't making me drunk at all. And then I'd drive home, saving money on drinks, saving money on Ubers, and also saving my mental health. There's no hangover the next day. I'm getting home. I'm going to sleep at a good time. All of these things. It was really good for me. And slowly but surely, I started to feel myself feel like myself again. Um, I can make a whole episode talking about alcohol and sort of my journey with it. And I think I'm going to. I want to make an episode talking about my journey with alcohol and my journey with cannabis because I really struggled with dependency on cannabis and I felt myself developing not a dependency on alcohol, but I felt myself developing an issue with it. So that's sort of when I decided, like, I'm done with this. And Halloween, I went out and I had a drink and then I went home at, like, 11. Like, I, it just, it really changed the game for me. Two weekends ago, I went out with a friend to a bar and I didn't get a drink at all. And I don't feel pressure anymore. Used to when I would go out with friends and we're at dinner or something and everybody's getting a drink, I felt like I had to. Or if I'm doing something with my friends and they're like, you know, we're at their house beforehand and they're like, oh, do you want a drink? I felt like I had to. I don't feel that anymore. So I'm not going out for New Year's because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. It doesn't. I don't like it anymore. (laughs) I had fun at first going out and dancing and getting drunk and if you have fun with that that's amazing like awesome for you but it just doesn't feel good to me so I'm not doing it and I wanted to remind you you don't have to go out and get drunk if you don't want to and there's also something I want to sort of instill in you and this is sort of what changed the game for me it's very it's a societal construct and it's sort of just let me think of how I want to word this Basically, there's a a lot of societal pressure on us to celebrate by drinking, right? So go out and celebrate the new year by drinking. Go out and celebrate your birthday or your promotion or your engagement or whatever it is. Go out and celebrate by drinking. But if drinking doesn't make you feel good, if drinking makes you feel really horrible, that's not a celebration, that's a punishment. So why would I punish myself? for my birthday? Why would I punish myself for New Year? Like, that's not how I want to bring in and spend these big accomplishments or these big days by punishing myself. So I'm done drinking because it feels like a punishment, not a celebration. And that's, I think, when you, that's how I made the distinction. And I hope that helps you as well. Of Like, does this feel like I'm celebrating or does this feel like I'm punishing myself? And not just in the moment, like the next day and the week to follow, I think really reflect on like, is this really making me feel good? I'm not telling everybody to go sober. This is simply for people who were in a position where I was, where I was drinking because I felt like I needed to, um, and I didn't. So that's your first reminder. Now I want to dive into lessons I learned in 2022 that I truly feel like made me a better person. And I hope you can take even one of these things and implement it and start to learn this lesson just based off of this episode rather than having to learn it the hard way like I did. Number one, this is something I've really been learning and um, it's a it's continuously a work in progress for me. Um, I think a lot of these things are works in progress, work in work, whatever. 
especially as someone with ADHD, I struggle with being a good listener. Um, I struggle with interrupting people and not making conversations about myself and not always inter- um, interjecting, not always giving my opinion. It's just something I've really been more aware of and trying to work on. And I feel like I've really improved. So lessons I've learned in 2022, the first one is learn to listen. You don't always have to be talking. I think just how, like, how can I do this is sort of a question I had for a long time. How can I be a better listener? Have the awareness that you want to become one. Um, Because slowly but surely you'll start to catch yourself in conversations of like, maybe I've been talking too much. Let me listen. Let me shut up and listen for a little bit. And try to listen with the intention of hearing what they're saying and understanding them um, rather than listening to respond, listening to develop what you're going to say next. Listen to understand them. Um, And, you know, that'll help you a lot with not always making it about you and not always interrupting. And once again, just having that awareness that, like, I don't always need to insert my opinion. And something I've been practicing I feel like I've gotten really good with this. There's just one friend who I'm not the best with this yet, and I had a conversation with him um, because he's, like, one of my closest friends, and he just feels like my brother, and I always feel like... I always feel like I can just insert my opinion because I feel less um, filtered with him, I guess. I don't know. I had this conversation because it's like, even though you feel like my brother, I would still want to respect my family. You know what I mean? So I'm practicing asking him, like the other day he was, uh, something I'm really guilty of in conversation is giving advice, and learning advice isn't always wanted or isn't always needed, and just because someone's coming to you and sharing something with you, that doesn't mean they want your advice or your opinion, sometimes people just need to share. So start asking people, what, what would make you feel best in this conversation? What How can I show up for you the most and make you feel most supported in this conversation? Do you just want to vent and share with me? Do you want advice? What what would you like here? Asking that question, um, but the other day this friend came to me and was sharing something with me um, about a situation he was going through. And I'll admit I was still giving my opinion, um, which is something, once again, I'm working on. But I did notice my growth and also please be gentle with yourself when you're learning these lessons because it's never something where it's going to be like, I'm a great listener overnight. It takes practice. And as long as you're intentionally telling the people in your life, this is something I'm really working on, that is all you can do. I think, you know, before I go off, let me finish. Well, let me think of how I I don't want to forget what I'm going to say. And now suddenly I forgot both. Damn, I really forgot both things that I wanted to say there because I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to say. Well, regardless, in that conversation, basically, he was telling me something that happened with him. And um, I was just like, do you want to know what I would say to this person? Because before, I would always just be like, well, I would do this or I would say this or I would. It doesn't matter what you would do because it's not your situation. Ask them if they want to know what you would do. Um, And he sort of like giggled at me because it was the first time I ever asked, like, do you want to know what I would do? I'm practicing that, you know? I feel like something people really struggle with is admitting what they're working on. We are like a consistent work in progress as humans. And I saw TikTok, I feel like that said like, you're not a consistent work in progress, but that's so silly to say. You're not a consistent self-development project. Like you don't always have to be you know, trying to improve every aspect of your life, but, like, 
our life is a work in progress. We are evolving every day, even if you're not intentionally trying to become the best version of yourself. So I think that is important to remember. It's like the goal of this life isn't to become the most healed person ever. The goal of this life is to enjoy it fully. A part of enjoying it fully is healing, you know? So like it, you don't have to constantly be focused on healing. It just exist, but also like do put intention into like working on yourself. Anyways, um, but I think we have a hard time admitting to people, at least I know I did, when I was working on something, I didn't want to share anything with anybody until it was like perfected. And that's something I've learned is like, no, I can share with people what I'm working on. So that way they know I'm working on it. Um, because I can only imagine how frustrating it got to people in my life when I was consistently inputting my opinion. I know that would upset me a lot because I know as a person, when I go to people, especially who I am, like, I know what I'm going to do. I actually, like, most times don't want advice when I'm sharing with people. I just want to share with people and speak this into existence and get it off of my chest. So for me, as someone who doesn't want advice, I was giving a hell of a lot of advice. So I sort of took a step back there. And I'm very vocal now with people in my life of what I'm working on and how I'm trying to show up as a better person and a better friend. So in this situation, I'm like very vocal of like, I'm really working on being a better listener. Um, and I like tell people, call me out, please. Like it will help me grow a lot. I'm really like, I apologize if I interrupt you. I apologize if all of the times I've done this in the past, I'm truly working on it. Um, Another thing that I've been vocalizing to friends is, like, I'm really working on being a better friend in terms of reaching out more. Um, something I notice with my ADHD is, like, out of sight, out of mind. If I'm not constantly reminded of a person or seeing their name or whatever, I will, like, forget that I need to reach out to them. So I, like, communicate. Hi, I'm working on making sure I'm nurturing my friendships. Communicate with people. Don't expect people to read your mind. Um, and, like, there is no over-communicating. Communicate your little heart out. And start on the small things that you're working on because that way when there is an issue you need to communicate with people, it'll be easier because you've been practicing communication. Everything is a practice. You cannot expect to be good at something overnight. You can't expect to know how to communicate overnight. Communication is scary and it's difficult, especially if you didn't grow up around healthy communication. So give yourself time to practice. And that's all anybody can ever expect from you is that you are practicing these things. That's why I say it's so important to let the people in your life know, this is what I'm working on right now. I'm working on being a better communicator. I'm working on being a better friend, all of these things. And even ask people like, is there anything you would like me or is there anything, how can I be a better friend to you essentially? Um, not always leaving that door open of like, you can always tell me when I'm when I need to work on something because that can sometimes be overwhelming if people are constantly telling you what you need to do better. Anyways, next. Uh, on that topic, though, of like, you don't always need to insert your opinion, just validate them. I was really proud of myself because I noticed myself do this really good in a conversation I had with a friend the other day where she was telling me a situation she was going to. And in the past, I definitely would have been like, oh, I would do this or blah, blah, blah. I noticed myself in the moment just being like, that's totally valid that you feel that way. I'm just like, damn, wow. Oh, okay, tell me about this. Like asking questions. That's how you have a healthy conversation. You don't insert your opinion, you validate them, and you work to learn more about what's going on in their world, what's going on with that situation. So asking questions. Have, listen with the intent of understanding, not with responding. 
I'm going to repeat that because that has changed my life. If you feel like you are not a good listener, take this tip. Listen with the intention of understanding, not with the intention of responding. There you have it. Um, so validate them. And on the topic of validating them, validate yourself. Stop seeking external validation because we know from that conversation right there, it's not people aren't always good at validating each other. Validate yourself. This one was a hard pill to swallow for me. Don't expect people to understand you because a lot of the times they can't understand you. And especially don't expect people to understand you if you don't understand yourself. Do you understand yourself? Be honest. Do you know how you work and why you are the way you are and how your brain works? And do you understand yourself? A lot of people are going to say no. So if you don't understand yourself, how in the hell are you going to expect people in your life to understand you? What? Something that really stuck out to me, um, I've been thinking about a lot about past therapists that I've had and like really allowing their words to sink into me now. I feel like I was very closed off for a long time from anything anyone said to me, so I never really let the words of my therapist sink in, but something's changed in me recently and I'm really open. I feel like I've let my walls down and I'm opening myself to criticism more. I really struggled with RSD and go listen to the episode on ADHD. I talk about RSD, which is rejection sensitivity dysphoria, but I really struggled with any form of criticism because I thought that meant I was a bad person. And since I've been working through that, I'm open to like the words of other people and their advice. Um, and one thing a therapist told me in the past was when I was like, I've always had this thing with like, I just want someone to understand me. It doesn't matter who it is. I just want someone to understand me. And specifically, I was talking to her in that situation about an ex-boyfriend that I had and how I just wanted him to understand my anxiety. And she was like, Allison, if he doesn't have anxiety, you're going to try to, it's, hello, let me reword that. She was like, Allison, like trying to explain to someone, why can't I word this right? One more time. My therapist was like, Allison, trying to make someone who doesn't have anxiety understand your anxiety is like trying to teach a dog how to talk. They are not going to get it. And I was like, damn, you're so right for that. But it didn't really hit me until now, which was about, I would say, seven years later. <laughs> so that's cool. Damn. Okay, I just had tears brought to my eyes thinking about, I'm going to be 22 the age 14 is going to be eight years away from okay you know what we have to keep going that's scaring me how am I eight years past being 14 I feel okay anyway I just had a crisis um but truly trying to get someone to understand you who hasn't lived your life experiences is like teaching a dog how to talk they can't understand you people can empathize with you and they can work to understand where you're coming from, but they are never going to understand you. Like, think about when, and that's so true, because I think about when I, in the past, have shared with people, like, things that I'm going through, or even just, like, anything. When someone is sharing to s their experiences with someone who has never experienced that, and that person goes, I get it. No, you don't. You don't get it. You actually don't get it. Don't tell me that. So why do I expect to be understood by someone who literally can't understand me? And even if someone went through the same exact thing as you, for example, your sibling. Say you and your sibling had 
the same life, pretty much. Like, you grew up with the same parents who put you through the same shit. Like, very close in age, you had the same life experiences. You still aren't going to understand each other because you both would have been traumatized differently. This is another lesson that I've learned. Trauma is not the event that happened to you. It's the wound that that event left. Trauma isn't the event that happened. It's how that event affected you. So if you and your sibling went through the same quote-unquote trauma, you both will have left that situation so differently. And that's why we see things like, for example, if you one of your parents is an addict, growing up, one of the siblings could take the route of like, I'm never going to touch a drug in my life. I'm never going to turn out like you. I'm never doing that. That's how one sibling can turn out. The other sibling can go the route of like, give me the drugs. I'm done with this. I'm not dealing with this bullshit. I need to cope. That's a perfect example of two people can experience the same thing but be traumatized very differently. Trauma isn't what happened to you. It's how what happened to you affected you. Know that. So with that being said, nobody can understand you besides yourself. Don't expect people to understand you, especially if you don't understand yourself. Expect people in your life, I don't want to say expect, because expectations get really fuzzy. That's something else I've learned. Have standards, but don't have expectations. Standards are healthy. Standards are knowing your worth. Expectations are expecting people to live up to your standards. You cannot expect anything from anybody, ever, ever. Don't expect shit from anyone, because that's not, we're all on different paths, you know? Um... And some people just can't live up to your standards. So if you're expecting people to live up to your standards, you're going to let yourself down. (sighs) Can you tell I have ADHD? Because I just, like, really went all through a loop. And I hope you can keep up. And if you can't, oops, sorry. (laughs) Um, There was something I wanted to say somewhere along the line of that. What was it? Let's retrace my steps. Can't remember. Anyways, moving on. This was a big one for me. Um, It was a really hard pill to swallow as someone who became very hyper-independent and shut everybody out ever. Community is important. Oh, sorry. That was a hard one to hear. Humans biologically crave community. We need to be around people. We need to be in community, and we need to have a support system. So I know, I know, that you think by putting your walls up and guarding your heart and shutting everybody out of your life, I know you think that that's protecting you, but I promise you that's only hurting you more. Don't shut yourself off because you've been hurt because that's only going to hurt you more. This is sort of a realization I had the other day of like a lot of the times when we are healing and in the process of healing, we end up developing mindsets that we think are helping us heal, but they're actually just hurting us more, and this is one of them. I thought that, okay, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna love anybody again, I'm never gonna let anybody else in, because everyone I've let in so far has hurt me and fucked me over, so I'm never gonna let anybody in. I thought that was the best way to protect myself. That only fucked me over. Don't, in the process of healing, while you're trying to heal, don't develop mindsets that you're going to have to heal from. Because not only did I have to heal from all of the pain that other people caused me, I then had to heal from the mindset that I developed while trying to protect myself. I had to heal from all of the pain that people caused me, and then I had to heal from that mindset of I'm never going to let anybody in. 
that's not we gotta find a happy balance babe i know people hurt you but there are also gonna be people out there who love you deeply and also just forgive like you've hurt yourself a lot you know you gotta forgive yourself and you gotta forgive others that's another lesson i've learned and i'm gonna make a whole episode on the revelations i've come to with my father i think i'm finally ready to share about it because i've really turned a new page with that but holding on to emotions well let's just say this you have to feel your emotions even if it's scary um i know you think avoiding them is going to make them go away but you can avoid your emotions for as long as you want and they're still going to be there you have to feel them and on that note you don't have to intellectualize your feelings to feel them Just recognize, how do I feel this in my body? Where do I feel these emotions? When I think about this thing, how is it showing up in my body and how can I let this go? Screaming, crying, you don't have to write about it. You really don't even have to think about it. Just allow your body to feel it. That's what feeling is. Because if you don't allow yourself to feel these feelings, I promise you they're going to come out one way or another. So let yourself feel them and let them come out now. Face them head on when you have control over the environment, rather than pushing them down, pushing them down, avoiding these feelings, they're all going to come out at once and likely not at a time or place when you want them to. You don't want to wait until your feelings literally can't fit inside of you anymore and they explode. Let them come out when they need to. Face them head on. Don't avoid them. I keep going off on tangents when I wanted to talk about something and then I forget what I wanted to talk about. I was talking about feelings. Oh, forgiveness. Forgiveness has been something that I've been working on for years now since I really started to intentionally heal um, because I have a lot of people in my life that I needed to forgive, including myself. And I thought I did that. And this is another good reminder is that healing is a journey. You're going to go through steps and phases of your healing where you're going to have like the first initial phase where you're like, oh, bitch, I am healed. And then you're going to have another phase of like, Oh, dear God, no, I'm not. And there's going to be a lot of phases of, like, uncovering. And each time you release more emotions, and then each time you realize this doesn't bother me as much as it used to. There's phases. And all of these phases are not going to be the same for everybody. So let yourself experience those phases. But I've been working on forgiveness for a really long time. And I feel like it's only just now, probably four years later since I started really working on healing, that I feel like I've really forgiven these people. And I want to tell you this quote that really helped me with this. Holding on to anger and holding on to a grudge, holding on to any feelings you still have about a situation or a person is like holding a hot coal and expecting it to burn the other person. Holding on to anger or a grudge or anything is not affecting the other person. It is only hurting you. And that is why forgiveness is so important. You're not forgiving them because you feel like they deserve it. They might not deserve it. You're forgiving them because you deserve to let that shit go. Let it go. I was listening to um, On Purpose with Jay Shetty the other day, and there was an episode where they were talking about, um, I forget the the name. I'll leave it in the description, but it really made a lot of things click for me. I've been working through a lot of um, father wounds recently, and in my meditations it kept coming up that, like, I was holding on to shit that I didn't need to hold on to anymore. And I realized I was holding on to this because a situation happened over the summer regarding my father, 
and it triggered me so bad to the point of a panic attack. I was hyperventilating. I was sobbing. I was breaking out in hives. Like, I was breaking down. And I realized, like, now that showed me I hadn't let any of it go. I was still holding on to all of it because it, it was still affecting me. And that moment where, you know, I was breaking down and I was doing all of these things, that didn't affect him at all, only me. That's a perfect example of how holding on to all of this shit that happened to you and not letting it go is only affecting you. And recently it sort of hit me of like, he can't have that power over me anymore. And in that podcast, it sort of mentioned how like, sorry, my niece called me for a Girl Scout challenge of wishing someone a happy new year. But before I get into what it mentioned, the episode is... Um, on purpose with Jay Shetty, that's a podcast, and it's Dr. Gaber Mate, I don't know how to say his name, on understanding your trauma and how to heal emotional wounds. Basically, this episode was brilliant, and it really helped me, but one of the things that they were talking about was forgiveness, and he mentioned how there's this woman who either her parents or her grandparents were killed in a concentration camp during the Holocaust, and she was obviously holding on to so much hatred towards Hitler and she got to a point where she was like I can't keep doing this shit I have to go forgive him so she went to his hometown to forgive him and I thought that was really powerful because I'm doing something similar with forgiving my father right now obviously very different than forgiving Adolf Hitler however the sentiment really resonated with me um and that was like, damn, okay, you're right. Like, this is really, really, really important. And I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, this is the first time that I'm actually forgiving someone deeply um, because I I don't know how much I want to say in this episode. I think I want to make a whole episode on it now that I really feel that I've let it go. But I, like, it doesn't affect me the way that it used to, and after I sort of let that go, a lot of things started falling into place, and it was just like, wow, I really, I really did that, I really let that go. So I want to share with you, like, the importance of forgiving people, and I know it feels like if you forgive them, you're letting them off of the hook, or if you forgive them, you're making, like, you're sort of saying what they did was okay, that's not what you're doing at all. Forgiving them is letting yourself off of the hook. Forgiving them is giving yourself permission to let it go. That's it. That's all. Forgive them for yourself. And then forgive yourself for holding on to it for so long. I promise you, once you forgive them, you're going to like feel like a completely different person. And like I said, if you guys want to hear sort of my journey with forgiveness, the hardest person for me to forgive in my life has been my father, and I really feel like I've done it. Um, I can make a whole episode talking about it because it's really, really, really been revolutionary for me. Um, so yeah, if that's something that you want to see, let me know and I would definitely be more than happy to talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah, so community is important. You're not protecting yourself by shutting yourself off from the world. Surround yourself with people who make you feel loved. Um, and on that note, you're likely not going to have the same connection with people that you have with your childhood friends. Forming adult friendships is very different than forming childhood friendships, and also all of your adult friendships will be different than your dynamic in your childhood friendships. I sort of had this fear of, like, I'm never going to find anybody who I have the same relationship that I have with my two, like, childhood best friends. That's true. You're not. You're going to find people who have beautiful dynamics with and you have beautiful relationships with, but it's going to be different because you didn't see each other grow up. 
Like, it's a very different dynamic. And you also don't have to be carbon copies of people to be their friends. You can be friends with people who have different interests than you. But as long as you morally agree and as long as you have a good time together, that's what matters. And if they treat you good and they're good people, that's what matters. Sometimes you have to experience things that you don't want and experience things that you don't like to know what you do want and to know what you do like. That's really been this phase of living in Florida for me. This is not what I want and I don't like it, but it's taught me a lot about what I do want and what I do like and it's helped me grow a deeper appreciation for those things. So sometimes you just got to go through a phase of experiencing things that you don't want and you don't like. Similar to dating, you got to go on dates to figure out what you do and don't like. That's just a phase of life. That doesn't mean you should regret doing that thing that you didn't like because you didn't like it. Take it as a lesson. We have to make quote-unquote mistakes because it's not a mistake, but we have to make mistakes and experience the things that aren't for us to know what is for us. Allow yourself to grow. You only fail when you give up on yourself. That's sort of straightforward. I think a lot of people have a fear of failure, but you're not going to fail unless you give up on yourself because everything else is just a way that you're going to grow and learn. Something that I sort of had, I don't really do resolutions because I think if there's something that I want to do to better myself, I'm just going to do it now. Why would I wait for the new year? Um, but some an intention that I had for 2022 was to take better care of my body, and I've really, really, really done that. I've developed such a deep connection with my body, and I intuitively eat, and I intuitively move, and I just have a really good relationship with my body. But Remember that taking care of your mind is taking care of your body, and taking care of your body is taking care of your mind. They are so intertwined, our mind and our body work completely together, and both of those things should be your top priority. Taking care of your mind and taking care of your body should be your top priority, because at the end of the day, that is all we're left with. Next. This has changed my entire perspective on the way that I view my body. Um, I sort of went my whole life up until this year of like viewing health as I need to lose weight. And I've sort of changed my perspective entirely. I eat good and I move my body and I do all of these things because I love my body and because I want to take care of it and because I want it to be healthy, not because I hate my body and because I want to lose weight. So with that being said, I've been learning about ways that our brain and our body works to protect us because I'm really working on respecting my body and appreciating it because it shows up for us every day. Our body is the reason we are able to move through this life. So appreciate it. Stop doing things out of hatred for your body. Even if you don't like the way that it looks, practice something called body neutrality. I wholeheartedly stand behind body neutrality opposed to body positivity. I think the body positivity movement is great, but I also think it sort of has this idea that like my body is only valuable if I like the way it looks. And obviously that's not the case. I don't know if I worded that right, but that's sort of what body positivity feels like to me is like I have to love the way my body looks, essentially. Body neutrality to me is my body is valuable and I am valuable as a person, even if I don't love how my body looks. I feel like body positivity is love your body. You need to love the way you look. Everybody is beautiful, which is true. But there are going to be days, undeniably, where I don't like how my body looks. 
And even in that, I'm still going to know my value as a human being. And that, to me, is why I support and love body neutrality. I still support body positivity, but I don't think it's as realistic as body neutrality. I also don't think it's ever body neutrality is ever going to get the traction that body positivity does is because you can't capitalize off of it right the only reason body positivity became such a massive wave is because people can capitalize off of it and people can sell you things but that's a conversation for a different day um make your decisions out of a place of love for your body and not out of a place of hate and know that you don't always have to love your body to show up for it and you don't always have to love how your body looks to know your value as a human being so there's that um but on the topic of understanding how our bodies protect us and show up for us is a really cute thing that I learned recently which once again changed entirely how I view my body is that our bodies hold on to weight to protect us so if you have quote-unquote stubborn weight that you can't lose it's probably because you're holding on to something emotionally I learned that so much this year, dude, because when I went to Mexico for a month, I was at the heaviest weight I'd ever been at, and I was holding on to so much fat, but I was also in the, one of the hardest times of my life in a really long time, and going to Mexico for a month and just releasing some of that shit, my body transformed the way it looked entirely. It let go of so much fat. And I don't know if my weight on the scale changed because I don't weigh myself. I stopped weighing myself pretty much then. And then that changed a lot. And then I went to Boston for three months and I got out of my toxic household and I healed through a lot. And I lost so much weight and so much fat. And then I moved to Florida and I was really struggling emotionally and I put on some fat again. And then I started taking care of myself and letting go of things and forgiving people and I let go of fat again. And our bodies just hold on to shit to protect us. It's as primal as it gets though. Like animals, when they when we feel like we are fighting for our life and when we're at high cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone, and when we are in fight or flight, and when our adrenaline is pumping, and when we are holding on to things emotionally, our body is naturally going to hold on to fat, because it thinks we are in starvation mode. It's like, okay, just in case we need to run from a predator, or just in case we don't have food coming, our bodies are stressed out, so it holds on to fat, because it thinks it needs to protect us. Release your emotions. Once you start to emotionally heal, you'll see a lot of changes in your body. And once again, don't don't heal because you want to lose weight. Heal because you deserve it. Anyways, a big lesson. This is a big one. Time doesn't heal anything. The whole sentiment of time heals all, absolute bullshit. Sorry to break it to you. Time doesn't heal anything. Time makes things easier to deal with. And time allows you time to learn how to carry that weight. But time isn't healing anything. Time is just giving you the opportunity to learn how to deal with it. You don't need to deal with things. You deserve to let them go. You're only going to heal from things if you feel them and you face them and you release them. But time isn't healing shit. Time is just making you get used to it. And that's not anything you want to do. You don't want to get used to the pain. Obviously, when it comes to grief and things like that, it is different because that's just different. I'm going to make a whole episode on grief, but time doesn't heal anything. Not feeling your emotions doesn't make them go away. We talked about that. Um take big risks. Don't stay in your comfort zone 
Um, you'd rather get to the end of your life and look back and be like, oh, well, that didn't work out. Oh, well, I did that, rather than be like, what if I did that? That's sort of how I'm viewing this entire Florida thing, is I know I needed to do it, and I will make a whole episode on that as well, which is going to be tied into my father's episode. There was a reason I had to come here. But even though I'm, like, going to move back to Boston pretty soon, I don't have a regret, even though I spent thousands of dollars on this move, and I will spend a lot of money to get back there, and I, like, could have wasted time. Like, who gives a shit? I know now that it's not what I want. I'm not going to get... I, I know if I didn't move here, I would have always been like, what if I like Florida more? I know now that I don't. And it's like, oh, well, that's fine. I know now. Take it as a lesson. Um... Do your best to not stress about money. I know it's difficult when our world is run by money, but don't worry about, I should be saving more, I should be investing, I should have this much in my account. You aren't behind. Nobody has their shit together. Um, And if they do, good for them. But I personally made a lot of money this year, and I don't have a lot of money in my savings account. Why? Because I put that money into, one, investing back into myself, and two, experiences. I traveled a lot this year. I moved around a lot this year. Not the best financial idea, but it was the best idea I ever made. Like, it was the best decision I ever made. Because, once again, I'd rather get to the end of my life and be like, oh, well, rather than, oh, what if I, what, who cares? Who cares? I, what, we could die tomorrow. I would rather be happy with how I live today than have a lot of money in my savings account if I'm dead. You know what I mean? I'd rather have traveled a lot and went to concerts and visited my friends and did all these things than have a lot of money in my savings account when I die. Money is not, it's like you can get money back, you cannot get time back. You cannot get those experiences back and you cannot replace those memories. Don't worry about it. If, I know that's a privileged perspective to come from, but do your best not to. Because I promise you, no matter how much money or how little money you have, you can always stress about it. It's not worth it. Do your best to get by, but then let the rest go. Go on walks more. Get outside more. If you feel sick, sit in the sun. Sweat it out. Go to a sauna. Sit in a hot bath. Drink tea with honey in it. Put hot washcloths on your head sweat that shit out, Um, move your body, do your best. If you have ADHD, try to treat it naturally first, take some mushroom complexes. And then my last piece of advice is that our body is always trying to tell us something, so if you have acne somewhere, if you're having pain somewhere, if whatever, your body's always trying to communicate something with you, listen to it rather than trying to put a band-aid on it. Those are the lessons I learned in 2022. I've definitely learned a lot more. Um, These are just the ones that stuck out to me immediately. If I thought about it for a lot longer, I could probably think of a lot more. But those are the lessons I learned in 2022 that genuinely made me a better person, and I hope that you can take at least one of them. Also, read more books. That's a good one. Try to develop more hobbies. Get off your phone. Put that shit down. Um, Try not to get on your phone first thing in the morning. Go for a walk. Get outside. Anyway. My intention for 2023 is to continue to do what feels good for me. I want to surround myself. My, I guess my intention for 2023 is just to be more intentional. I want to be intentional with the things that I do. I want to be intentional with the food that I put into my body. I want to be intentional with the people that I hang out with, with the words that I say. I want to be intentional with everything I do in 2023. 
and I want to trust myself, work on continuing to forgive people, forgive myself, to release anxiety, to release stress, to stop overthinking, and to continue to develop an intentional relationship with my body. That's my resolution. It's, it, it feels really cool, and this is how I know I've grown a lot, because in previous years, my resolutions were lose weight, go to the gym, and now it's just like be intentional with the food I'm putting into my body. Be intentional. Like, that shows me that I've grown a lot. Um, and just to be gentle with myself, to trust myself, to show up for myself, to trust my gut, meditate more. Um, yeah, but I probably will make a whole other episode. I have a lot, I've said about seven episodes that I'm going to make in this episode alone. I was going to talk more about 2023 and things like that, but I think this is where I'm going to leave that episode because I rambled a lot and my throat hurts now from talking so damn much, but happy new years. You don't have to drink if you don't want to. DM me on Instagram or comment on this YouTube video some of the things that you've learned in 2022 that you feel like have made you a better person. Um, I would love to hear it. I'd love to hear some of your intentions for the new year. Follow me on Instagram at the Allison LaRue. It'll be in the description. Um, if you haven't already, go watch the YouTube video version of this. Subscribe to my YouTube. Like this. If you're on Spotify or Apple, leave a review. Follow the podcast. Um, yeah, and if you have any specific episodes you want to hear from me, let me know. I'd love to make them for you guys, but thanks for hanging out. Thanks for always showing up. Let me know what you liked about this episode and what you want to see next, but happy new year, friends. Be good to yourself. I love ya!